happening. And if we worship the way, God, the way it is prescribed in the Bible, there will be the presence of God coming in a more powerful way in our gathering. The presence of God will be more real in this second service. The presence of God will be more real in your life. But you know what the issue is? It's worship. Do you know in the New Testament, now listen to me. In the New Testament, Jesus' most extensive, most involved, most in-depth teaching on worship is found in John chapter 4. Now what I want you to get this morning, you would think that if Jesus, the Son of God, on planet Earth is going to be giving a lecture, a teaching on worship, surely it's going to be in a seminary. Surely it's going to be in a great big cathedral and he's going to have all of the religious leaders, all of the intelligentsia, all of you know the people within the realm of the kingdom coming and being at this special, special, critical time, this, this teaching on worship. You would think it would be in a certain context. If Jesus is going to teach on worship, how, how do we know this is important? Because the Bible says, you shall worship the Lord and him only shall you serve. Worship is critical. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the three temptations, the enemy came, fall down and worship me and I'll give you all of this. And what did Jesus say? Away with you, Satan, for you shall worship the Lord and him only shall you serve. So we have to settle that issue of worship because that's critical because every single one of you, young men, young women, boys and girls, older people, each and every one of us, we are all worshipers by nature. We were created to worship. Right now, you are a worshiper. The question is, who are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? I mean, I've seen people. People worship things. They worship people. They worship gold. They worship silver. They worship the, the idols. And we're not talking about bronze figures or, or figures from, from, from the idolatry we might think of. But you know what? Anything that gets in our way and becomes bigger and greater in our eyes than God becomes an idol. Hello? I've seen people worship a Mercedes-Benz. They're like this. Wax on, wax off. I've seen, I've seen grown men, famous men, great men, worshiping a little ball. On Sunday morning... You're going to worship somebody. You're going to worship something. And right now, people could be affected in their minds. They come into the house of God, and, and they are, their heart is divided. And they can't worship. Or they, Will you worship the Lord, or will you worship someone else or something else? Or even your problems, if you make them bigger. Something could be so small. I can take a nickel out of my pocket and it could be so small, but you know, if I put it close enough to my eye, it could block out the sun. See, there are things in our life that if we focus on them, they become bigger and greater than God from our perspective. And our attention and our affection and our thoughts are focused on them instead of on God. But the Bible says, come into his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
say that the Lord, he is God. So Jesus, in John chapter 4, is about to give the greatest discourse, the greatest lecture, the greatest teaching on worship. And you know where it is? It's at a well, speaking to a woman who was married five times and living with a sixth man. I didn't say that the scripture said it. A woman who, who obviously was looking for love and, and just couldn't get it right. Six, what is it? I'm sorry, let me make sure I get this right. What does the Bible say? Jesus said, you have, you have well said I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. Now what is the point there? The point there is Jesus is going to give a teaching about worship. Not in a cathedral, not in a, a Bible college, not in a seminary. He's going to give a teaching about worship right where you and I live. Oh, I don't know if you're getting that. Jesus chose to give a lecture, a teaching, a, 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 a Bible study on worship to a woman who was broken up, to a woman who was, who was not in a good place. But you know what? Why is that critical? Why, what point am I trying to make? What point is the scriptures trying to make? Is that worship is where you live. Worship meets you right where you are at. So it doesn't matter what problem you have. It don't matter how bad things are. It don't matter what hell is going on around you. You understand that worship is where we live. And God was given that teaching to let us know that you can worship no matter what you're going through. And when you begin to worship, God begins to bring you out of that hell. Oh, I don't know if you're listening to me this morning. I don't know if you're getting it this morning. You've got a choice. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is trying to say. This woman is, is not in a good place. But after she learns about worship, the Bible says she goes to a whole city and she says, come and see a man. And they probably said, we heard this before. Come and see a man. We've heard, this be I, we've heard this story before. No, no, this man is different. Come and see a Messiah. Come and see Jesus. And he changed her life. And this woman, the Bible says, brought a whole city to Jesus. Look how God used this woman. This woman that was mixed up and messed up and hurting and broken. Just like you and I because of sin. Because of wrong choices. Because of making mistakes in our life. Jesus comes to right where we live and said, if you learn how to worship, I'll set you free. If you learn how to worship, you'll get a breakthrough. If you learn how to worship, your life will change. Something I learned as a new Christian, as a teenager, when I first came to Christ, didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't grow up in a, in a family that worshipped God. I grew up in a family with, with, with alcoholism, with, with criminal activity, with prison, with IMH, with all kinds of nonsense. That's, that's what I was brought up in, heading in the wrong direction. God got a hold of my life at 17 years old. By the grace of God, I put my faith in Christ. I repented of my sin, and I decided to follow Jesus, and I said, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. But one thing I learned that made a difference in my life, and I want you to get this. One thing I learned that if any man be a worshiper of God, him, he hears. Him, he hears. If anyone is a worshiper, and I learned at a young age, and I was mentored by people who were worshipers, worshiping God, putting God first, 
learning how to shout, learning how to praise, learning how to give God thanks. You know what? I've seen God do miracles in my life. I've seen God change my life. I've seen God redeem my life because I learned this simple truth, how to worship. Look at verse chapter 4, verse 24. The Bible says, let me back up to 22. You worship what you do not know. We know that we worship what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is. Say now is. When the true worshipers, now is. When the true worshipers, listen, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such. For God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and and in truth. For God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit with, our, with the Holy Spirit connecting and, and enlivening our, human, our, our, our inner man, our spiritual side, and, and not only just feeling good about it and just being excited, but according to the truth of God's word. Spirit and in truth. Are there any worshipers here who worship in spirit and in truth? And you see, I want you to understand something. We get confused. We think singing a song is worship singing a song is no more worship than singing a singing about old mcdonald had a farm makes you a farmer just singing or, or mouthing words it's not about that or listening to people sing is not necessarily worship worship is when you in your heart were acknowledge the worthship or the worthiness of god and you praise him and you thank him and you glorify him based upon the truth of what God's word says. Now, I've met some people who, I, I know someone who told me a few years ago, they, they went to a certain church and, the, and they loved the worship there. And you know what they told me? They admitted, they made, an, they made an idol out of the worship. What do I mean by that? They meant, what they meant was that wherever they went, they couldn't worship unless they went to that worship service, that church. That's not worship, that's idolatry. Now, I want you to get this. In other words, worship is not a position or a place. It's an attitude of the heart. Now, if you are going to grow in your faith and if you are going to truly worship God, you're going to be able to worship God wherever you are. Wherever you are. It doesn't have to be the perfect song, the perfect musician, the perfect place, but wherever you are, you'll be able to worship God. Whether your friends are with you or whether you're all by yourself. Whether you're in a, in a good atmosphere that you consider or whether it's a hostile atmosphere, you'll still know how to worship God. Is there anybody listening this morning? Now, I have learned, and I don't say this boastfully or arrogantly. I say this by the grace of God. I thank God for mentors, and I thank God for his grace in my life. I've learned to worship wherever I am. I've been in some countries in Central America, South America, Africa, where worship is not about the instruments or the music. It's about the attitude of the heart. There were some places where the, the, the beat or the drum beat or, or the type of music, I didn't even understand the language. But you know what? I can still worship. Because it's not so much even the words, it's the heart again. 
And I've been in some places where, where, where there was just a few people, where there were hundreds of people, where there was just one instrument or several instruments. It did not matter whether the person who was singing was singing out of tune or out in tune or a song I knew or I didn't know. It wasn't about that. I still lifted up holy hands and I said, Lord, I'm going to worship you. I was in one place in Africa and um, you, want, you want to see a service come to a halt in a hurry. Worshiping outside under a metal roof and we're having a great time worshiping God all of a sudden rain and a thunderstorm comes and lightning how many of you know what that means church is over all of a sudden they stop packing everything up because there's thunderstorms coming there's there's going to be some 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 wind and rain and some lightning and how many of you know if you're under a tin roof that's not a good place to be and exposed to metal. So all of a sudden the service is over. But what I had learned was no matter where I am, I can worship Jesus. I can close in with God because you know what? Wherever I go, his spirit is there. Wherever I go, God could be worshipped. And see, if we can settle it in, the, in our hearts when we come into the house of God. We've come here, we call this a worship service. We call, churches call them worship services. What that means is it is a service of worship unto the Lord. We don't come here just to get our needs met. We come here to honor and bow down and worship to God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the one who holds our very breath in his hand, the very breath in our lungs. God holds and he could, he could take that breath away in a moment, in a second. And he is worthy of our worship. No movie star is, no political figure is, no, no person on earth is worthy of our worship, but God and God alone. And he said, I'll have no foreign gods before me. I'll have no idols before me. I'll give my glory to no one. And if we could come and we could believe and understand as the church that, that they that worship God, must worship him in spirit and in truth. And listen to this. The Bible says God is seeking for such. Let me tell you, if God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, walks on streets of, of gold, sits on a golden throne, has all of the universe at his exposure, and, and he, if, he, if he's searching for something, how many of you know it's valuable? I've never seen any of my neighbors, or I've never had to set a, a security guard around my garbage, put my garbage out on Tuesday nights. I never had to have a security guard or have a video camera on my garbage. Why? Because it's not valuable. Don't go looking at my garbage for my credit card numbers because we shred them. But, but there's no value there. So, so no thief, no criminal is going to be looking through your garbage because there's nothing of value. They're not seeking it. But if God is seeking something, how many of you know is valuable? So I want to I just pivot for a moment. I want to just transition for a second and bring this to a close. That's why you have a struggle. That's why it's not easy for you to worship. Not because your problem's too big. Not because what you're going through is too great. No, because there are some people here this morning that I know they're going through sickness, broken heart. They're going through suffering that you can't even comprehend, and yet they're still worshiping. So it's not about where they're at. You know what's hindering you? The enemy of your soul. 
the subtlety of the devil to mute you. The subtlety of the enemy to keep you from worship because in your worship is a breakthrough. In your praise is a miracle. In your worship, there's the presence of God. And even if your problem, even if your situation doesn't turn around, something changes on the inside. Something changes. It's the glory of God's presence. It's the glory of his presence, the awesomeness of the manifestation of the presence of God that changes you on the inside. The Bible says, the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of sin. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Why? Because he said, in his presence is fullness of joy. And right now, this morning, you have to make up your mind if you are a child of God, you say, well, I got a lot going on in my, my life. I got a lot I'm dealing with. I understand and I empathize with you and I pray for you. But you know what? If you don't learn how to worship, those things are going to eat your lunch. If you don't learn how to worship, you're going to be bound by your circumstance. If you don't learn how to worship, you are never going to be free. So the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. This morning, I don't know who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to everyone, but I don't know if everyone has ears to hear. I don't know if everyone has ears to hear, but I believe there are some people who do. And I believe there are some people that need the breakthrough. They need freedom. They need a miracle in their life. And it ain't going to come just, just, just by doing your own thing. It's going to come according to the protocol and the procedures and the, the, the way God has laid it out. It's by learning how to worship. For they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit and the truth. Not your feelings. Not because you like the singer, the song, or the musician, or the beat. It's not about that. It's about the heart. I have learned wherever I've gone, I've learned how to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. I can worship him in the most difficult circumstances. I can worship him in the most uh, uh, unlikely places because I've, I, I've, I've got a relationship with him, him and I've learned the, the, the worship of God. But there are some people here this morning that God wants to touch by his spirit. And you know what Jesus said? I want, I want to read that and I want, to, I want you all to stand with me. Would you stand with me this morning in Luke's gospel? In Luke's gospel, the Bible tells us that in the temptation... Uh, uh, let me go to Matthew in Matthew's gospel Matthew chapter 4 I want you to get this I want you to see this this morning Matthew chapter 4 the Bible says the devil took Jesus on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me that's what the devil's after you know whatever he uses it's just a ploy to get you to, to bow down to him. What did Jesus say? Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. I said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So what was going on right there? Jesus was, was, was putting the emphasis on worship. And once that was settled, look what happened. Verse 11, this is powerful. I hope you get this. Then, say then. All of you. The rest of you. Then, 
Then the devil left him. Then you want the, de the devil to, to, to leave you? You want to you wanna see a breakthrough? Get worship right. Put Christ first. Honor him. Oh, you say, well, that's not my temperament. I'm very quiet. I've watched some of you who are very quiet in church. I've watched you watch a football game or a soccer game or a football in the European style. You'll get excited about what you're passionate about. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. What a powerful truth. Listen, when Jesus set the record straight, when he made his declaration, and the devil knew he couldn't get him to worship, the Bible says the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. This morning, I want to ask the singers and the musicians to come back this morning. Come on, would you come back to the platform quickly? I'm going to ask some of you this morning that, that you're going to get this thing right. And I'm not, see, this isn't about me. This isn't about my preaching or my teaching. It's about the truth of God's word. This is about you making a choice this morning. Some of you have idols in your life. Some of you have things that you've allowed to come be between you and God. And this morning, you're going to make it right. This morning, you're going to get it right. This morning, you're going to say, away with you, Satan. I'm going to worship the Lord, and Him only am I going to serve. I'm going to worship the Lord. And the Bible says, when Jesus did that, the devil left Him. How many of you need the devil to, to leave you? Come on, how many of you need the devil to be rebuked in your life and be, be cast away from you? How many of you need the angels of God to minister to you? How many of you need a miracle of a breakthrough? If that's you, quickly, quickly, just come to the front. Come on, just come, move forward. We're going to pray. We're going to pray this morning. Are there any worshipers? Are there any people that are, that are going to get it right? Well, I didn't like the song service. I didn't like the music. I didn't like... That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Oh, they didn't sing the songs I like. That's, that's babiness. Come on. That's being childish. Come on. We're worshipers. Come on in Victory Church. Oh, I didn't like the sermon. It was too long. It was too short. Come on. We're, we're, we're growing up. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. Come on, some of you this morning, you need to make a decision to make it right. To put God first. To say, I will worship the Lord. Come on, I believe some idols are coming down. Come on, I believe some breakthroughs are beginning to happen. Would you lift your hands all around these altars? Not because your mama made you come or your daddy made you come. Or you're coming for your boyfriend or your girlfriend or you're coming to impress somebody. But you're coming to these altars to put God first. To honor Him this morning. Come on, lift your hands right now. Before they even begin to sing, I want you to give God thanks. Come on, I want you to give God worship this morning. Come on, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Enter into His courts with praise. Come on, let's say this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Come on, begin to praise Him before we even sing a song. Come on, begin to lift your voice. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to give God a praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, sing. Come on, let's sing. I love you, Lord. Come on, tell Him this morning. Close your eyes. Oh, your mercy never fails Come on, open your mouth. Some of you need to learn how to worship. Get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes on Jesus this morning. the moment that I wake up, until I lay my head. Yes, amen. Oh, I will Come on, sing we're going to sing of the goodness. Of the goodness.
of God. Let's sing that again. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held. Come on, there's worship rising up in this place. Come on, the enemy's being put to flight. Come on, the presence of God is going to touch you. Anoint us. Bless us to be worshipers. 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 Worshipers in the name of Jesus. Anointing. Anointing in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, touch your people. Father God, we pray. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice God is night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. So, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me with my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God all my life. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am I will sing of the goodness of God.
is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness, this is running after, it's running. 